Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, our airport is named one of the best in the country. There is an updated travel warning for Hong Kong. And speaking of travel warnings, what is the rest of the world saying about travel to our United States in the wake of recent mass shootings? Details next. At 3.20, we make you a smarter traveler as we talk about how not to make coffee or tea in your hotel room. And... uh, Talk a little bit about passengers of size from both sides of the issues. Last week, we told you the airlines are talking about cracking down on something called skip lagging. Our friend Ed Perkins explains what it is, why the airlines hate it, and what the hazards are of doing it at 335. Flight seeing one of the coolest ways to turn a good vacation into a great one. And at 350, we talk to a Southwestern company, which will take you flight seeing places like Sedona, Uh, Monument Valley, and and many, many more. Making you smarter travelers, sharing the best ways to see the best destinations, even giving kudos to our airport. Yay! Thanks for listening to one of the most popular travel shows in the country, tagging along with the Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again Welcome, everyone. What do you know? It's 3 o'clock on a Sunday. The regular crowd shuffles in to listen to the travel guys. Oh, over, there, Carf- over there, folks, on that the, side, please. Just There's a couple seats in the back there. Yeah, just over there on the in the back. Yes, a further large crowd today. Absolutely. We are the travel guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. And uh, we're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And thanks for joining us. And uh, follow along, by the way, with stuff we talk about TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, Mark, uh, good to see you again. It's Thank been you. kind of a busy week. I know uh, I was off to San Antonio to visit the daughter and do some stuff, and you were uh, heading north to one of your favorite destinations, the up pac- to Seattle. Yeah, the Pacific Northwest. How getting, was things there? Uh, good. I, I was just uh, doing some planning for some tours that are going to visit the Northwest next year, kind of fine-tuned. You know, you even if you have a good product you try to make it just a little bit better than you listen to the the wisdoms of the people who travel with you in 2019 and you try to make 2020s trips just a little bit better that's uh one of one of one of our secrets at sports leisure vacations has been over the years has been listening to our customers Mm -hmm. and what what they tell us and then trying to give them what they want it's kind of a simple concept but not every business is is into that speaking of sports leisure vacations as I definitely threw that into the conversation there. Just slipped that in. There. We have a tour preview day coming up at the Crown Plaza Hotel. If you are an adult, a mature adult traveler, an active mature adult traveler who likes to visit cool places in the United States and selected places around the world, even if you just like to go to San Francisco to see a good show and you don't like sitting in traffic for two and a half or three hours and not being able to have an adult beverage because you have to drive home. Sports Leisure Vacations might be your your travel company. We've been in business for 40 years in Sacramento. Our tour preview day on the 14th of September offers you an opportunity to get an advanced copy of next year's catalog and hear a little bit about some of the things we do. The sessions are about two and a half hours long. There's one in the morning and one in the afternoon. 
costs $10 to attend, and we give all of that money to local charities on the day of the event. So by charging people a few bucks, we make sure that we don't have a lot of no-shows. So that's kind of a... There you go. Yeah, and I've been a few times, and I, and I have to say that... Uh, it's really cool. I mean, there's a lot of entertainment that goes on. You find out a lot about sports leisure and how they do things. And, and then during the, during the, uh, the day after the main presentation, you can break up into groups and mm-hmm. you can go and get, ask specific questions and see real detail in regards to uh, a number of the trips. It's, well, and the key uh, thing event. is that a lot of our product goes very quickly in fact sometimes tours will sell out in a day or two after the preview day so if you are a sports leisure traveler or even if you're not and you've heard of this company and like i said you're a mature adult active traveler uh you might want to check it out you can go to uh sportsleisure.com or give our office a call on monday morning and they will be happy to sign you up for preview day there's a morning and an afternoon session crown plaza 14th of september what do you say we get on to the travel news at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, folks, we bring you up to date on travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Yeah, or seven or eight minutes after the hour. Or, you know, I mean, doesn't really Somewhere have to be the in the top. first 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're on a pretty tight schedule here. Hong Kong, as you might guess, is, wow. I mean, would you go to Hong Kong to visit there? I, I Right now, I'm not sure that I would. But if you are thinking of it, the State Department has a level two travel warning which means exercise extreme caution. Um, Since many of the uh, demonstrations the last few days have centered around the airport, I would say that that is off of my travel list until I can be assured. Um, Demonstrations and tear grass in the streets are one thing, uh, but if you're in the airport, I'm going to have a hard time claiming my bag and avoiding that. So be very careful if you or anybody you care about is headed to Hong Kong uh, sometime in the foreseeable future. And, you know, that's kind of leads me to a related story here. Uh, it's been very interesting this week to watch the United States issues, Tom, travel warnings for our citizens who are going to other places. So many countries around the world also issue travel warnings to for their citizens who are going other places, as you perhaps might imagine. Um, warnings about going to the United States have, have been have stepped up and the wording has changed just a little bit over the last couple of weeks because of the rash of mass shootings in Britain and France. Uh, they're telling, and in the Netherlands, they're telling to be people to be extra vigilant. They're explaining that gun ownership in the United States is a little different than it is in some countries, and that uh, there have been these shootings and issues and stuff like that so far. Nobody has told their people not to come. A couple of countries have issued terrorist warnings and racism warnings um, they are probably countries who have issues of their own in those areas, so uh, maybe they should keep take care of their own housekeeping before they talk about other else. But nonetheless, it does appear as though um, recent developments are having some impact on the way the rest of the planet uh, looks at us. So as that develops, we will share updates with you. A key runway at San Francisco Airport is closing for 20 days uh, between September the 7th and September the 20th. Now, this is going to impact folks from Sacramento, because remember, we have five flights a day on United Airlines to San Francisco. Um, they have asked, SFO has asked all of their feeder cities and all of their airlines to try to cut some non-essential flights. And the time after Labor Day is generally a little bit quieter time in the skies than the summer. So that's why they're doing this. Um, they have to shut down a runway for three 
uh, weeks. They are telling you that the best time to fly through San Francisco International on the, in September is in the morning before 9 o'clock. So if you're going from Sacramento, that means the very first plane, perhaps the second plane. Uh, but we always encourage people to take first flight out in the morning anyway to avoid uh, delays that tend to pile up later in the day. So anyway, San Francisco Key Runway is closing flight delays expected 7th through the 27th of September. Speaking of San Francisco and being on the runway, mm-hmm. Alaska Airlines passengers were stuck on the tarmac in San Francisco for over three hours Monday night. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> is there, isn't there a... Uh... Wasn't some time ago there was a rule that said if you were you're going to stick out there for longer than a certain period of time, you you, you can't do that. You see, you pay attention yeah. on the Travel Guys show, and you're absolutely right. If it's more than two and a half hours, you have to give people an opportunity to come back to the ter- terminal because they might be hungry, they might need a restroom, they might need some basic human amenities. Right. So uh, Alaska Airlines did not do this. Uh, they flew from this was a flight from San Francisco from Los Angeles to San Francisco. It was delayed for over an hour. Um, they uh, they expected to get into San Francisco after 12 o'clock anyway, last flight of the night. Um, left an hour late. When it got to San Francisco, they were held on board for three hours until nearly 5 a.m. Now, this would was San Francisco the final destination? It was. And here's why this happened. Because I was like, well, why didn't they just find an open gate somewhere? I mean, nothing's coming in. Just go park any place. Right. Use some air stairs. Do something. Exactly. It's late at night, and at first thing in the morning, every gate is occupied for a flight that's going out. So yeah. now you're getting in at one thirty in the morning. Every gate in the airport is 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 not only occupied, but in many cases the planes are locked down, and nobody can move the plane. Uh, nobody's around to move the plane. All of the Alaska gates were occupied. They couldn't get any of their planes moved. Uh, finally, they got an open gate. An international flight took off, and they were able to get an open gate. But, uh, yes, Tom, uh, you point out that there is a rule, and the fines are $27,500 per passenger per hour. So this could cost Alaska Airlines a whole lot of cash. Um, I don't know how many people were on the airplane the last flight of the night, and it was delayed, so maybe they got lucky and some people bailed on them. But we will keep an eye on this one. And uh, see what Alaska Airlines has to say. But, yeah, they kind of uh, – it says here that they tried after the plane got there. They thought about the, the air stairs thing, but they couldn't find a place. They couldn't find the air stairs. Uh, it, they couldn't find the yeah, air stairs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you go find uh, Southwest. You well, can borrow the ones that you go out the back of the plane. There you go. Uh, speaking of airports, as we're kind of on that topic right now, Sacramento International Airport was named one of the best airports in the country. They Some rating services split these into large, medium, and small, and right. we usually fall in the medium category. Mm-hmm. Um, the Points Guy, who is one of the leading bloggers in the country, um, he was invited to be a guest on this program and stiffed us a couple times, so he has never been invited back. But nonetheless, a lot of people read his blog, and the, uh, the Points Guy has decided that the five best airports in the country, regardless of size... Are uh, number five is Sacramento International Yay. Airport. Uh, number four, and these are kind of some strange choices here. Number four is Hartsfield in Atlanta. Three is Portland. That makes perfect sense. Two is Sky Harbor. That's a terrible choice. And one is San Diego. Obviously, San this Diego. Man, you see, obviously, oh, this man does not fly out of the Southwest Terminal in San Diego. Clearly not. Which is a total zoo. 
yeah. and it's got those three side gates downstairs that you have to go through the separate security for. But right. if you fly other long distance carriers uh, out of point. San Diego, yeah, the rest so. of the airport is a very nice place to be. And guess what? It's so close to downtown yeah. that it costs you only a few bucks to get there. So he was taking into account things like, like in Sacramento. Try taking public transit to the airport in Sacramento. Good luck with that. I think there's a bus out there once an hour or so that's on its way to Woodland or something like that. Um, I don't see how Atlanta Hartsfield uh, makes this list at all. Um, that is an absolute zoo of an airport. Uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor, same thing. Um, there are some big airports that are that are well organized, but neither one of those would fit that category. Um, Portland, as it gets bigger, Seattle's airport is just expanding by, I mean, it's just like they blew the thing up. Um, they've expanded one, two, three terminals there in Seattle. They've only got two runways though. So that's, they're already starting to have some air traffic control delays in Seattle on a pretty regular basis during morning rush, during landing rush hour, because all those regional flights from the region come in and land about seven thirty, eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. You've still got a lot of flights going out with only two runways and sometimes a low ceiling. Um, Seattle would be my vote for airport that is most likely to give us problems in the future. That's your travel news for today. And uh, follow along again at TravelGuysRadio.com because coming up next, we're going to uh, make you a smarter traveler. Uh, Do you use the coffee machine in your hotel or make tea? Well, we got some advice for you. If if you're thinking about it, that's coming up next here on the Travel Guys. Here we go. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel Guys on KFBK, and it's time to talk about that coffee maker or tea maker. That's our old friend Willie Nelson there. Yeah, That's kind of like the original travel song. It it truly is. Have you ever been to a Willie Nelson concert? I have not. Willie Willie is the most boring concert that you'll ever go to. You know how concerts are like, let's call them an hour and a half. It's generally a Mm -hmm. a concert Mm -hmm. without encores or things like that. Um, I've seen Willie twice. Um, each time he's come out, one time he did an hour and 29 minutes, one time he did an hour and 31 minutes. <laughs> um, he comes out, says hello to the audience, starts into his songs, very little narration between songs. At one point, he introduces the members of the band, doesn't, you know, tell stories or anything like that, just rattles off one song after another. I mean, he's a great entertainer. I, I Nothing against the way that he sings. It's just that if you're looking for personality, Willie would not be the person that you would go see. Well, you know, uh, Willie has great music, and uh, for a lot of folks, it's probably that. Yeah, I would say pretty. Yeah, maybe more. Willie is a great music. Anyway, the original travel. I I always like the older musicians to be a lot older than they probably are. Yeah, so that they will be a lot older than me. Uh When I find out that they're only when I think that Uh they're going to be like twelve years older or something, (laughs) and I only find out that they're either my age or a year older, then it's depressing. Eighty six. Luis says. Eighty six. Well, and, 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 and he's got me by a few. How old is what's his name from Kiss? Ozzy Osbourne, who Ozzie kind of Osborne? just stumbles out onto the stage or yeah, something like. Probably early mid seventies. Yeah, seventies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Listen to the, the 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 rock and roll board from the other side here is coming in. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so all of the old well, but just some of those guys you know can still fill a house. Oh you yeah, you know they can. Uh, sometimes they're not a real big house, but sometimes it's just fun to go and listen to the music. I mean, there's. And and now what you're seeing is a whole lot of tribute bands, especially for the boomer groups. Mm, oh, yes. Um, all these people who, and, and, and some of them are very good. You know, you can go and listen to the music that you loved and for a fraction of the price. And plus, in some cases, you can't go hear the person who actually did the music for you. There is a uh, Huey Lewis in the News cover band. I'll, the name will 
come to me in a minute that it's very, very good. Play the Sacramento area. They played out at the 4th of July celebration at, uh, uh, out at Hagen Park, uh, in, in, in Rancho and, and excellent. So, uh, Huey Lewis cover bands. Uh, uh, Huey, what is it called? Uh, Luis is going to look it up and then we'll share it. If you're you. looking for connections super, to some su- of the, super Huey, some of the things we talk about on the Travel Guys radio show today, some of them which are actually related to travel. I might point out. Um, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com. Um, there you'll see an, a, a beginning of a, a write-up for today's show about airline policies for passengers of size, which we're going to talk about in just a second. And uh, down below you can see highlights and all kinds of great links to cool things. Um, how to survive 12 hours in an airport. A lady wrote this uh, uh, great article. There's uh, vacation rental tips even the esper- experts don't know. So if you are vacation rental... Um, that might be something that you might want to take a look at. Um, also, there's a link to smartertravel.com where Ed Perkins hangs out and to Westwind Air Service. Those are our guests on the back half of the program. Uh, when you check into a hotel room, Tom, mm-hmm. uh, most people, you know, there's a bathroom and there's a bed and there's, you know, countertop and stuff. And there's a few amenities and just about any kind of hotel you check into. One of the amenities is a coffee pot. Sometimes it's a Keurig. Sometimes it's a little that makes individual cups of coffee increasingly. Sometimes it's just a regular coffee pot, but almost every... Then we'll usually make a a maximum of two and a half cups. Yes, yes. (laughs) And years ago, um, when they had the regular coffee pots, the the word was, you know, take a look at that. Hold it up and take a look at it before you use it, because it may not have been cleaned recently. And you might want to wash it out or just avoid it altogether before you... And plus, then there's the other parts of the coffee machine, and who knows how much attention has been given to those. Well... Uh, now we've got, um, the, the Keurig machines have, have become very popular and people think, well, you know, those must be cleaner. It just punctures the, the container and stuff like that, but not so much. Uh, hotel visitors are now reporting that you can open the top of those machines and sometimes you can find some very interesting things, cures the cancer and the like growing in them. So, um, if you are using a machine in your hotel room, cures to cancer, cures to cancer, growing yes. in the, yes, moldy okay. things. Oh, know. I got it. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and. So uh, make sure that you eyeball everything quickly. You know, that's kind of in a dark part of the room over by the door, and you're, you're thinking, well, you know, you, wake, you haven't looked at it. You wake in the morning, and you stumble over there, and you start the machine up, and uh, the coffee's a dark liquid anyway, so who would know? Can't really but tell. Exactly. My suggestion... And it always tastes kind of crappy anyway. If you've, got, um, if you've got a microwave in your room, if you have bottled water, you can use that. If not, tap water in most cities is very safe, especially if you are... Uh, boiling it, you're going to heat it in your microwave and make your coffee that way. Take a little instant coffee with you if you need to and make coffee that way. Just avoid those machines in the you rooms. You could, I suppose, if you wanted, uh, would this work? You could take and take the pot mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, you know, several cups of and really, really Here we go. boil the water in the microwave. I uh-huh. mean, you know, four right. or five minutes and then and then run it through the, uh, the coffee pot and uh-huh. perhaps that would kill some of that... Uh, I knew Stop. you would have an additional uh, you know, I suggestion like, here. There isn't any just, hotel these days that doesn't have just downstairs, and especially if it's like a, a resort hotel, uh-huh. there'll be a Starbucks at the bottom right. of the elevator immediately to uh-huh. the left. I, I mean, give you free coffee when they can charge you for it and get a percentage. Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah. and, but there's there's a big effort to make sure to provide you with coffee and tea somewhere in the hotel that you have a uh, you have an option to the uh, the in-room coffee maker. I have one other topic here. Speaking of smarter travelers, one thing that is a challenge, whether you are someone sitting in an airplane seat that is small or someone who is large, 
or you're looking for a seat like on Southwest where seating is open and, uh, you know, that large passenger comes down the aisle or you're in the seat, middle seat is open next to you and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, or you're a small passenger and they're running out of seats and the only ones left, of course, are next to rather large customers. And you're thinking, gee, this is going to be my fate for how many hours? And, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're a smaller person or a larger person. Um, this is not this is an awkward situation for anybody. Um, the larger person already knows that their the airline seat is not going to fit them. Um, and so it, it, it's, it's whether you have a pre-assigned seat or not. Not everybody can afford to buy up the business class where they and the people with them would be more comfortable. So um, some things that are really important here is to know about um, passengers of size, to know what the policies are with different airlines. And at TravelGuysRadio.com, we lay, there is an article that lays all of this out. So if you're a large person and you want to know what the policies are, this will tell you. Basically, Southwest has the most user-friendly policy. They, If you cannot fasten the seatbelt or you can't put the, if you have to have a seatbelt extender or you have to, cannot put the armrest down, then you are a person of size, according to most carriers, and you need an additional seat. Um, on Southwest, they have the best policy. Uh, JetBlue has one fairly close. They will, they will ask you to buy an additional seat, and if the flight is not sold out, they will refund that seat to you afterwards. There's some hoops you have to jump through. You can go to their website and figure it out, but there is a way for you to be able to get that money back in some cases. With some of the other legacy carriers, um, they ask you to buy the extra seat, and they do not offer a refund for it. It's not an optional sort of thing if you or the person that you are sitting next to um, if you can't put that armrest down, why then, um, you are considered a passenger of size. Um, if do everybody a favor and check those things out ahead of time. Um, there is also a section in this article that talks about what are your rights as a passenger of size or a seatmate and as person of size is sitting next to you. So this is all really good information and I have not ever seen it all condensed into one article before. So I'm not going to break down every individual airline here. You can read it online. Travelguysradio.com. A great article about passengers of size. Tom, have you ever had that happen to you? Always. Yeah. 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 You know, it does from time to time. You know, I didn't have a person of size, but I had an armrest hog recently. You know, a guy wanted, he was on the window and he wanted both armrests and the whole damn thing. And finally, I just said to him, I said, dude, you're going to have to give me a place for the armrest or I'm putting my arm on top of yours. And, and uh, amazingly, it, it, the armrest cleared right up. <laughs> there you go. Ed Perkins joins us. We're going to talk about skip lagging right after we check the news here on the Travel Guys. If you Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, the travel and entertainment guys, always brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And it's time to welcome back to the airwaves one of our longtime uh, travel uh, guys guests, almost going back to the onset of this uh, radio program. Uh, and that'd be Ed Perkins. Mark? Ed Perkins joining us from Southern Oregon, where uh, Ed says uh, that fire, smoke from a fire is kind of causing some havoc for one of the big tourism fest deals up there the oregon oregon shakespeare festival so um that's kind of bad news ed it, it's it may not be the last time that that happens at this time of the year no it was actually worse last year than it is this year so uh it's just getting to be more important to keep these fires under control and you you see what happened in california so yep 
Uh, it's not a happy story right now anywhere. And we've recommended to folks, and as a tour operator, I, I, I tell people that trips that used to operate in July and August to areas that are heavily forested now operate in May and June because I can't take the chance in July and August that I will be able to get to. I mean, that's how serious this has become is that we as professional travelers are starting to alter our calendar a little bit to allow for this. Um, Ed, uh, it's nice to talk to you again, my friend. Um, there is a subject that is kind of near and dear to um, to both of our hearts. We've talked about this before. It's known in the, uh, uh, in the back alley as skip lagging. It's a, a thing that the airlines have suddenly gotten real interested in stopping again. I'm going to let you explain to our listeners what skip lagging is. Okay, uh, skip lagging, as you say, is call, is sometimes called hidden city or point beyond, and I will illustrate how it works uh, with a trip from my own home airport of Medford, airport, Air, um, Oregon, to San Francisco. United flies four times a day. It's a monopoly. So if I want to buy a one-way ticket, uh, say a month from now, uh, on United, nonstop to San Francisco, it's going to cost me 170 bucks. Now, if I buy a ticket from Medford to Las Vegas with a connection in San Francisco, it costs me $79. So if I want to go to San Francisco, I buy the ticket to Vegas, don't check a bag, and get off the, the flight in San Francisco and do and just don't show up for my connecting flight from there to Vegas. And I've knocked 100 bucks off of my the price of a one-way ticket. Now, what, what are, what, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, but, uh, the, the quick question I have, you know, and I think our listeners might be going through your head, you wanted to go to San Francisco and you bought a ticket through uh, Vegas and so forth, and now you're in, you're in San Francisco, you didn't go on to Vegas. Now, the what kind of a ticket did you buy that's going to get you home, or did you not buy a return ticket? No, it works only one way. Um, on a return ticket, if I bought a return ticket from Vegas uh, to Medford, right? <laughs> if I missed, if I did not get on the flight in Vegas, yeah, uh, United would auto, would automatically cancel all my trip, including the trip from San Francisco here. So this works only on one-way tickets. Got it. And oftentimes, if you're going round trip, uh, you just go ahead and get the round trip. But um, there are a lot of times when, when people do want a one-way ticket for one way or another, and uh, it's a way to knock a lot of, of many dollars off the mm -hmm. price of your ticket in some cases. Tom, another example. Uh, One-way family's going to Hawaii in November. Coming home from San Francisco, a nonstop from Lahui, Kauai, to San Francisco was $360. But, San Fran but Lahui to Sacramento was $244 through San Francisco on that same plane. Mm -hmm. So... So a person looks at that and they say, well, I can save almost $120. The kicker is that when you break your itinerary, the rest of it goes away. So you can't, that's why you can't do it on an outbound. You need to do it on a return. And you can't check a bag because otherwise your bag is going to end up in the mm -hmm. city that where you didn't go. So oh, you you, you got to know you you got to know some tricks here. But there's some there's some serious dollars involved. Am, am I correct, Ed? Oh yeah, uh, the airlines consider this, of course, that you're violating their contract. Uh, in the case I mentioned, uh, United would say, "We you didn't, 
we didn't agree to fly you from Medford to San Francisco. We agreed to fly you from Medford to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So if you don't take that full flight, you're violating the contract. And uh, theoretically, uh, they could charge me the extra. Now, what's happened, this this isn't new. Uh, This deal has been going on for years. And there's a similar one, uh, which is... Uh, if you have a case where a round-trip ticket is often uh, cheaper than a one-way, if you want to go one-way, you buy the round-trip and throw away the return. And it's the same kind of problem. So um, the airlines have, for a long time, uh, complained that it's against their uh, contract pol- and their policy, mm-hmm. uh, and they've threatened over the years to do something about it. Now, I don't recall any individual cases where they've actually done anything except maybe 10, 15 years ago, they went after a guy who did it like 20 or 30 times a year, uh, and they went after him. But they keep threatening to do that, and they have the information to do it. That's no question. And uh, it's just a question if is when and where they decide to enforce it. Well, and Ed, now, as I, I mentioned to you before we started the interview, um, United Airlines apparently has issued an internal memo that um, has leaked out to the public. Uh, some people have seen it. And that's basically asked their gate agents when someone, when you don't show up, when, when you get off in San Francisco and go away and your Las Vegas flight is boarding and it shows Ed Perkins and Ed Perkins, it shows that you arrived in San Francisco and now you're not showing up for your Las Vegas flight is to put you on some kind of a list and report you corporately so that if your name shows up a lot of times or something and I'm with all the flights they have every day, I, I'm not sure. Is this just them more saber rattling or would they actually do this to people? Would they actually yeah. come back? And, and I mean, what if you had a, several hundred thousand miles in your frequent flyer account or something? They could hypothetically take those away. Yes, they could, because they own those miles, even though you supposedly earned them. The airline owns your miles. And so they can take that away without any legal resource on your part. Now, my take is that when there has been litigation that the courts generally take the attitude that uh, if you bought something, you don't have to use all of it uh, legally. You're like going to a restaurant. If you don't want the fries, uh, McDonald's can't (laughs) charge you extra. So uh, legally, you're all right, probably. Well, you get the fries, just don't eat them, you know. Well, that's but but that's the ridiculousness of this, Tom. Is that what Ed? The example Ed's giving is: what if you went into McDonald's and you bought a burger and French fries? You decided not to eat the fries. The manager came over and said, "I'm really sorry, but you got a a deal on a combo meal and you didn't eat the fries. So now we're going to have to charge you full price for." The the question to uh, to both of you travel experts is: what advice to the common, you know, flyer that may be thinking of uh, of pulling this, of doing this skip? Great, great wisdom, Ed. If with what we know at this point, does your does your answer change? Would you still be inclined to do this if you found it to be financially to your benefit? I think I would consider that uh, on a case by case basis. Uh, to use your term, I think what United's doing right now is saber rattling. Uh, I might change that view if I found that 
United had actually uh, penalized somebody by taking their frequent flyer miles away. So right now, I think my advice to people would be, if you're squeamish about it, don't do it. Um, but if you're willing to take a gamble, the chances are very good that you'd get away with it. If you're going now, to know, if you're going to Milwaukee, you can go to you can get off in Chicago and probably save yourself 150 bucks. That's right. <laughs> and there, there the, these uh, uh, these uh, skip lag deals work best on one-way tickets to some airline's fortress hub because they all maintain very high fares to or from their major hubs. And, of course, San Francisco is a major hub for United, as is Chicago. So, um, and, uh, so that's where you usually wind, find the good deals. I mean, coming to Medford, there's no way of doing it because there are no flights beyond Medford that you might want to take. So it's uh, mainly if you're trying to fly to an airline's big hub. Ed, before I let you go now, I have one more thing I want to ask you about. Uh, you've been on this show many times over the years. This is another subject we've talked about. It's back in the news now. Um, we've got an attorney general in Nebraska suing Hilton and one in the District of Columbia suing Marriott. It makes me wonder why other other attorneys general have not joined in. But do you think there is any possibility that this spells the end of resort fees as we know them? I think there's a good chance that it will. Because as I understand it, this is an or orchestrated sequence of events by uh, many attorneys general. And I expect to see new suits along the same lines uh, filed by other states. When it comes to the best travel information, this man has been ditching it out for longer than I can remember. Ed Perkins, America's premier, probably your, our first travel advocate as a journalist. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on The Travel Guys. Ed, stay safe in Southern Oregon. Always nice to talk with you. Always nice to have Ed on the program, he I tell you. He is such a gentleman. He is. This he is. is uh, you can call him up or write him an email. He, if he's in this country, he never turns me down. He's always available. Uh, really good guy. I mean, really, I remember we did a show up there from Ashland one you time. You did. A I remember years ago. that. You know, the thing about Ed is, uh, uh, you know, because I am not a, uh, a really, really experienced, educated traveler. I am the guy that uh, that knows the travel guy, who is the expert traveler, <laughs> and I ask the questions that the common man asks. And oftentimes, when I asked Ed. A common man, a common man question uh, that maybe maybe was just a little, you know, a little lame. Mm -hmm. Ed was always he tried to be really polite and not tell me what do you really you don't know that. And he would, <laughs> but he would handle it so well to not make me feel like the idiot that I often could be. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> Ed. Ed, Chris Elliott's the same way. Really, it's really a gentleman, and you know they must they. They they deal with all these folks who have got travel problems and things. They're always trying to uncover something that makes people aggravated at them and stuff like that. When I say makes people aggravated, it makes the airlines, the hotel industry, stuff like that. They truly are for us. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about flight seeing in the great Southwest right here on The Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys every Sunday, 3 to 4, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark? He always fades the music away. 
That's really a good song, Walking in Memphis. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're not a music radio show, so... Okay, so we are supposed to have a live guest here to talk to us a little bit about flight seeing in the Southwest, and she's not here. Oh, my goodness. So, ah, 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 she's not here. So, um, I want to talk, we'll talk a little bit about flight seeing, about the pros and cons of flight seeing versus, uh, in a helicopter versus a, a regular fixed wing aircraft. And, uh, at Sports Leisure Vacations, we tend to, for the last number of years, have favored fixed wing aircraft just because of their safety record and of the, of their ability to be able to, um, People who fly in fixed-wing aircraft, they can fly more often. They are not restricted as much by weather as helicopters are. So, um, And generally, the fixed-wing aircraft folks have a little bit better um, safety record. So um, if you have a choice of the two, my suggestion is fixed-wing over helicopter. Um, also, my suggestion is that you're considering flight seeing any place that you go to the website of the flight seeing company that you're thinking of, and you go there and, tr- and look at their, at their safety record. Um, Google them, find out uh, what have they been doing, how long have they been in business, what kind of planes do they fly, where do they get their pilots, things of that sort. Uh, because right now in the country, there's kind of a shortage of people who do flight seeing. So that might be something that you want to um, that you want to check into. West Wind Air Service is the folks who are going to call us. They do all kinds of flight seeing in the Pacific, in the uh, Pacific Northwest, in the Southwest. And... Uh, uh, you yes, know, sir. I think we have a call. You uh, think so? Somebody. I don't think it's our guest, but it might be somebody calling uh, to talk to the guest. On, on the I don't phone? know what it is. Uh, all right. Well, let's let let let's it's line let's, one. I think line one. All right. Let's see here. Here's the, uh, the, the, the hello. This is the travel guys. Hello. Hello. Is this, is this the travel guys? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. It is. It is. Yes, the travel guys. So you're talking about flight seeing? Uh huh. Yes, we are. Well, I, I, I see a flight. From here. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, have you been drinking, sir? Uh, you might want to turn your radio down, sir. First of all, when you call into the radio, you need to turn your radio down. I, I, there's this echo. Uh-huh. I kind of uh, like... Uh, sir, you... you, you... Yeah. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Are we going... Can I speak to your guest? Uh, the guest is not here, sir. What kind of a radio show are you running here? You, you, you tell people you're going to have a guest and they don't show up. Well, these these oh things gosh. happen occasionally. You know, guests that are supposed to call in, once in a while something happens. They have a personal emergency or they just forget or something happens and they no cell signal where they are or something like that can't call in. That's what's occurred here. You know, I like, I like the Tom guy better uh. than you. <laughs> I, 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 Why don't reason, you let him talk once in a while? Reason, I swear. For some reason, I'm not surprised, sir. Thank you so much for for traveling the call, calling the travel guys today for traveling the call guys um, today. What else have we? Man, that was strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope you didn't pay attention. There, you are I, losing your mind. I should, I should get to talk. More Anyways, often. if this nice lady does call us a little bit later here today, or maybe we can track her down at another time, or perhaps not. I, I've got some other stuff here. Before you go there, yeah, you take people flight seeing in the islands, do you not? I do. I do uh, on Kauai, uh, and also on the Big Island. How do your guests go for that? I mean, you know, it's one thing to. Oh, on Kauai, listen, getting in those planes and on Kauai or anybody. That's why I asked this lady from the from the Southwest today, because like Monument Valley Mm -hmm. or uh, Lake Powell, 
um, or Sedona, the Red Rocks of Sedona. I mean, uh, I went helicopter flight seeing over Bryce Canyon once many, many, many years ago. And that was what sold me on that method of, and and, and like I said, some of the smaller helicopter companies, eh, I'd be a little careful, do my homework. But the fixed wing aircraft guys are a little bit better. The pilots are usually a little bit more experienced. Um, And the... The, the places that you can see from the sky, the things that you can see, especially the natural things, are just amazing. And I, they're not inexpensive flight seeing, but opportunities in Hawaii, it's $200 plus. But on the island of Kauai, you get to, get to see things that you would never see. Kauai Air Service is our favorite uh, vendor over there. Um, the, the whole west coast of Kauai is no roads. No, The only way you can see it is from by boat or from, from an airplane. Right. Um, you've got volcanoes to fly over in uh uh haleakala which is a crater big enough to put the whole island of manhattan inside so um there are just things to see i mean if you flew over molokai you could see father damien's place where the leper colony Mm -hmm, down there mm -hmm. and stuff like that so really and truly some destinations are just as exciting from the air and i think hawaii and the southwest um i will never forget the opportunity to go flight seeing once um out of portland it, this was a couple of years after Mount St. Helen eru- Helens erupted, and to go up there and fly around, and we got incredibly lucky, and it was very quiet that day. We were able to fly inside the crater. Wow. Um, which How cool was is just, that? Yeah. So, I mean, that was something that I'll probably never get to do again, and to be able to see the terrain and how the, the whole eruption occurred and stuff like that, which direction everything went, was kind of neat. So, I really am a huge fan of flight seeing, but I, I really can't emphasize, emphasize to people enough to do your homework and make sure that the people that you're flying with have uh, have a good safety record and stuff like that. But don't miss out on those opportunities because they, they're, they're expensive and you'll say, oh, man, $150, $200, $250. But oftentimes you will find out that that was the highlight of your two or $3,000 vacation. Right. And that at the end, mm-hmm. of, that 10 years from now, that's the thing that you're talking about. I, it's been 25 years since I took went on a seaplane to a remote lodge outside of Juneau off of a cruise ship. But Taku Lodge in, in Juneau, we went and had a salmon bake. I don't even like salmon. Um, <laughs> it was the most amazing salmon you'd ever eat in your life and the most amazing setting and just the opportunity to fly in a seaplane uh, was really, really cool stuff. So anyways, um, yes, flight seeing, absolutely. Always consider it any place that you go if you can afford it. Um, there are lots of commercials. In fact, one of them now is advertising on the Travel Guys about selling your timeshare. All these companies that are going to sell your timeshare. So I've started doing a little homework here and putting Why some are you things thinking together. Of selling your timeshare? I really want to get rid of mine. Yeah, and, you got company there, brother. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to pick out one of these companies that sells your timeshare, and I'm going to make a deal. And I'm going to tell them ahead of time that I'm a radio show host and stuff, and then I'm going to tell people how this all goes on the radio, and we're going to see how selling a timeshare. So I'm going to initiate this in the next couple yeah, of weeks. Get the guy that sounds like uh, Marlon Perkins or whatever his name There's is. There's a guy it's who a, yeah. advertises regularly on KFBK, yeah. and somebody told me that he was on our program. So <laughs> I, I've, I've checked out a couple of them. Smart move. And yeah, we'll... we'll goodbye, yeah, goodbye. Exactly, exactly. We're going to... Target we're gonna audience. Find out how to sell... Your timeshare. Lots of cool stuff from the program, including information on the lady who did not call us at 345 like she was supposed to. Um, you can see things from our guests on the program, things we've talked about, or just cool things like the local Seattle gas station who has the coolest signs ever. Have you heard about this, Tom? 
I can't say that I have. What do we got? It's around here somewhere. I've got to go looking for it. Well, while you're looking at it, I want to remind folks that next week on the Travel Guys, uh, we've got um, Steve LaRosa going to join us with a What's Going On. Take a look at all the activities and cool stuff to do all around the Sacramento area and, of course, get to enjoy some... uh, some famous uh, Steve LaRosa humor. These are all on the Travel Guys uh, website. Okay, so um, I it's kind of cool. If your car is running, I'm voting for it. Think about that. <laughs> okay. If you want to grow, I want to grow my own food, but I can't find bacon seeds. There's a whole bunch of these, some of them funnier than the ones I gave you at TravelGuysRadio.com. We'll see you next week. Dance like nobody's watching. Never